Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, and it is time for the T. And the T is about identifying triggers to certain behaviors. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is not intended to be a substitute for therapy, but more of an opportunity for you to learn strategies that are going to assist you on your journey to wellness. So once again, we are back to have a discussion about one of actually my favorite topics uh, because it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with and may not necessarily be aware and that is I didn't think about it reducing impulsive behaviors so I'm sure that you have probably asked yourself one of these questions why did I say that why did I do that why did I send that? Why did I eat that? And these are questions we often ask ourselves or someone else may ask us following an act in which we engage. And we ask ourselves that because often we have regrets about something that we did. We don't always know why we engaged in the behavior. And so it makes us feel powerless to change. But on some level, we see this is a problem and I really probably need to get a handle on that. So let's get into it. Impulsivity, what exactly is that? I know a lot of times we think about impulsivity when it comes to attention deficit disorders. We think about that impulsive kid that has a hard time um, being able to stop from intruding on others' conversations or he's taking things uh, from, from his siblings or uh, she's butting in the conversations, but there are a lot of different ways in which we experience impulsivity and they don't necessarily have to be in relation to a disorder, though we'll talk a little bit about some of the ways that those things um, work together as well. But essentially what impulsivity is, is engaging in a behavior without really thinking it through, without thinking through the consequences, without really being well-defined even in this action I'm about to take part in and and sometimes we're not even aware that we're doing it so we're not in aware that this behavior is necessarily unhealthy um, but we probably are clear that the consequences of some of the behaviors that we engage in are, are usually negative when it comes to being impulsive when we are in a place where we are making good decisions we think through things in a more comprehensive way and some of you probably have rubrics by which you make decisions. Um, okay, so why am I doing this? What's the pros and cons, if you will? Uh, what's the purpose of, of this? Is, is there uh, some, something underneath this behavior that I need to potentially explore before going through with this? Do I need to take a moment, sit and, and think before I actually make this decision? We frequently do that with you know, car purchases, large things like that, that we're thinking about major decisions about moving or or jobs, we often sit and we think more comprehensively about that, but not when we're actually in that impulsive space. That's when we can make those impulse buys or those impulse job changes. You may know some people who um, constantly switch jobs and they'll quit a job uh, or they're constantly starting new endeavors and you're like, well, what, what are you doing now? Beekeeping uh, and, and wondering how is it that they got there, right? Usually these, un, um, these impulsive behaviors are just unnecessary in terms of the risk factor that they possess and, 
or they're just inappropriate for a situation. Uh, and so for, for some people, and we'll get into some examples of impulsive behavior, but for some people, the consequences actually would not be worth it. If they were to think about what behavior they're engaging in and, and what the outcome would be, then they wouldn't do it because eh, that's a lot of risk for very little reward. But when we're being impulsive, we're not thinking about those things. Um, we're usually uncomfortable uh, when we're mindful about some of these behaviors because we don't really wanna face up to the fact that we're struggling with a, a particular thing, whether it's, whether it's food or, or drinking or, or, or other substance use. It could be, um, again, that shopping, that's a really common one for people to be impulsive about. Uh, and I do wanna be clear that being impulsive is not compulsive. So a compulsion is when somebody feels like they have to do something. Uh, and oftentimes, if I don't do this thing, they're gonna be negative consequences. So impulsivity is I'm not thinking about said consequences and I'm not feeling compelled to do it. I just want to. Um, or again, I'm not really aware that what I'm doing is unhealthy. Now there are, as I said, a lot of different reasons why people engage in impulsive behavior. And I do want to be clear that some things are outside of a person's control. So if you have a brain injury, for example, you get, um, get into an accident and uh, you end up having some damage to your brain, a traumatic brain injury, if you will, then that can absolutely affect the frontal lobe, which is where our ability to be able to think rationally is. So if that area of the brain is damaged, then we are more likely to see impulsive behavior. We know that uh, some of the degenerative diseases like our Alzheimer's, our dementias can also affect that frontal lobe and can affect a, a person's moods and, and people can tend to be more impulsive when something like that happens. There are um, several of our disorders that there's more likely to be impulsivity with. Bipolar disorder is one of them. We all see the excessive spending and the um, impulsive sexual activity in the bipolar disorder as well as borderline personality disorder. And then we'll see on the antisocial personality disorder and people who just don't have regard for standards, morals, values of society. Uh, and, and so they really don't care about the rules and boundaries. And so they're, they're acting in those ways impulsively. But then there are those of us that are just wired to be more impulsive. And you may have been a kid growing up that liked to dare. And so if somebody dared you, you were going to double dog do it. Uh, but you also may have been a person who liked to take those risks, get that adrenaline rush, and you might have liked to do stunts. You might have been a person who had motorcycles and four wheels and you were constantly doing tricks uh, or your bicycle and falling all over the place and broken arms and legs and all kinds of things, but you liked that rush. Uh, you were that risky, adventurous person in the family. You were wired that way. Probably are still like that today, only that uh, those medical bills maybe have subsided as you've gotten a little bit older. And so you're doing other things uh, to, to feed that need. Sometimes we're just so depressed, honestly, that we just want to feel something. And so you get a little bit of a dopamine rush when you do something impulsive. So you're out here having sex with this random stranger that you just met, or you know you have this diagnosis of diabetes and you're not supposed to eat that piece of chocolate cake, but oh, it's gonna feel so good when I sneak and get it. Right, so you do get that little bit of rush, and I think sometimes we're, we're craving that, especially in depression, and so we may engage in impulsive behaviors then. Also, 
and we just get cognitively overloaded. So and some of you may have taken advantage of this when you were younger. I tried, but my mother wasn't having it. So if your parents were distracted, uh, they're got a lot going on. Um, they're overwhelmed at the end of the day, exhausted, and they've got a lot that they're trying to manage. And so you slide in that question. You know you are on punishment, but you slide in that question. Well, hey, can I go over and play with my friend? And they're just going to go get out of here. Right. And they don't realize <laughs> what they said because they're just so exhausted at that point. And, and stress, we know when we are stressed, we don't have those cognitive restraints in place. So oftentimes I tell people don't make big decisions when you are overwhelmed, when you're stressed out, when there's a lot going on around you because you're not going to be able to think as thoughtfully about things because, again, those restraints are down. Right. So you've ever been tired you know there's a lot of stuff you'll let go so imagine your brain as well we often talk about consent in terms of substance use and sex but am I able to consent to making a big decision or making a decision it may not feel big to me at the time if I'm not cognitively in a place where I can really fully objectively consider all the information and the potential consequences of my actions so what are some examples I know I've highlighted a few as we have just been going um, through some of these examples, but um, we talked about attention deficit, right? And that's when we think a lot about the not being able to wait your turn, intruding on other people's conversations, talking over people, taking things without permission, taking over. We all talk about that takeover spirit that people have. Those are examples. Um, getting in the fight. So just really escalating very quickly about very small things. Um, getting easily angered, irritated, might be called hot-tempered, uh, considered to be somebody that uh, is, is easy to blow their top, if you will. The reckless sexual behavior that we talked about, the excessive spending we discussed. Um, shoplifting can be another example of some of that impulsive behavior or other just like kind of an adrenaline rush type of behaviors and stunts in there. The self-harm behaviors and self-harm can be anything from you know, mutilation to also binge eating or um, excessive drinking or using of substances. Those are also uh, self-harm behaviors. And, and truthfully, we can classify some of the risky sexual behaviors as self-harm as well. Abruptly quitting that job uh, or starting multiple jobs um, and not thinking things out. Um, I think also, too, um, as we get into this, I want to have a new something, so I have a new look or new friends or a new group I'm, I'm, I'm with hanging out or, um, you know, a new, a new look, if you will. So a lot of that's abrupt changing and it's almost like, do I really know who this person is? Because they seem to constantly be recreating themselves. That could be considered impulsive behavior. Um, and, and a lot of times with group membership, you'll see impulsivity in that because, again, people are looking for things to feed a particular need. So I'll start a group and but quit a group because I realize, oh, hey, I'm not actually getting um, the rush that I thought I would get. As we've talked about in previous episodes, when we're relationally connected and that's how we identify our worth, then we often will go to groups to get that worth affirmed. And so then if I don't feel like I'm getting that, then I'll, I'll leave that group. Uh, and I think another thing to to think about is when we feel embarrassed or we don't feel like and this the worth issue, my favorite, you all know, I can bring that up in probably every topic. Um, if I'm not feeling confident in myself, 
one of the things that I'll do is um, to save face sometimes, I'll put something out there impulsively. So I may say I have something that I don't have, got a career I don't have, I've got money I don't have, resources I don't have, I'm paying uh, for things that I really can't afford. But also, I'll, you know, that quitting that job piece, um, I then quit this job before I get fired, right? Because I don't feel like I'm doing a good job and I'm constantly worried. So those can also be some examples of how that impulsivity might show up and why. So how do we get control back over impulsive behavior? And the whole hallmark, hallmark, my words together, hallmark of impulsive behaviors is not something that's well thought through. So as we're regaining control, one of the things that we want to do is be able to be more thoughtful. So one of the best ways to combat impulsivity is to be able to actually be cognitively present, mindful, if you will, wise mind. Um, and, and thinking before we act. And so I know that you all probably were told that growing up, that stands true. Thinking before we speak, thinking before we do are two of the best ways to be able to get a hold of that impulsivity. So I'm a visual person and I do think it's helpful to write things down because often when we write things down, it gives us a bit of accountability. So for example, if someone is telling me about some behaviors that they see, I don't see them as a problem. Maybe I need to write it down. So the ABC model, you might have heard this if you ever took an intro to psychology class or you've ever worked in a place that had any kind of behavioral modification resources in place. The ABC model, or you may have heard the term chain analysis, which essentially just looks at the antecedent, what happened before, what were the triggers, what caused this, the B being that behavior and the C being those consequences. Right. So what happened before? What was I feeling, thinking, doing before I engaged in this particular behavior? What is the behavior that I continually engage in? Is it my shopping? Is it my um, the drinking behaviors? Is it sexual behaviors? Is it quitting jobs frequently? Is it sending that text message to that ex that's sending that email to my coworkers without thinking about uh, what I'm actually saying to them and how it's coming across? So understanding those because all of those can be considered impulsive and we frequently are reactive as opposed to thoughtful. So and then the C, what's the consequence? What happens? So now my boss is coming into my office. Uh, can we talk about this email that she just sent? Do you <laughs> realize what you just sent out and how it sounded and how it appeared and, um, you know, what's going on? Or then I sent that message to my ex and now I got to deal with the consequences of their response or what we really can't stand when they block us and they're like, I, you are not going to be able to access me at all because you clearly are out of control over there. Right. And so another time of, of rejection. So that's often a consequence we'll, we'll see um, rejection type behaviors or it may be money. Like I have to pay. I have to pay fines. I'm, I'm buying cars because I flipped over so many or. Um, I'm damaging my, my motorcycle or my um, four-wheeler, so I'm having to pay for that. Um, I got a DUI or, right, or I'm, I'm, I'm eating so much now I've gained weight and I've got to buy these clothes because I'm uh, unable to fit into things because I'm impulsively continuing to eat, right? So what are my consequences? Are they financial? Are they emotional? Um, are they in terms of affecting my support system? People don't want to be around me, don't want to deal with me anymore because I continue to go off on folks and they don't want to have to be bothered with me. Um, and then how do I feel? How do I feel after I engage in this behavior? We talked about how do I feel uh, before, what's going on? Is there um, you know, an emotion that's triggering this? 
Um, but what's my emotion after I engage in this and I have these, these consequences? How am I dealing with that? And that, again, will get you to be able to be mindful the next time because you'll have something to go back and think about. Like, uh, this is my pattern, right? Triggers. Uh, welcome to tea time. Uh, tea for triggers. What are my triggers to engaging in this particular behavior? Um, and, and another strategy that goes along with that, right? So if I'm being honest with myself, because this is an honest process, and which is why it's tough. We like to live in places of avoidance. They're much more comfortable a lot of times for us. But here, when I'm actually dealing with me and, and facing me, I may recognize I need some accountability. I need some support. So before I send that text message, before I send that email, before I go engage in this stunt, um, before I go sleep with this random person, before I eat uh, that food that I'm, I'm craving, then who are the people that I can call that will say, hey, let's stop. Let's think about what's going on. Check in with me. Um, and that may be a person that could be a, a, a support group. Um, Overeaters Anonymous, it might be an AA, AA group, it might be a fraternity sorority, it might be church members, it may just be some things that are in place to help with your mental health. It might be a mental health psychoeducational group, right? But where's my accountability to be uh, accountability to help me with not acting on this behavior? Because oftentimes we'll do for other people what we won't do for ourselves, right? So if I know you are going to be expecting me, because again, that value we have in relation to other folks, um, then I am going to think about things differently because I know that there's somebody I've got to be accountable to. Now, I am a firm believer in you cannot take something away from a person without putting something in its place. So we've got to have replacement behaviors for these impulsive behaviors. So if I'm emotionally eating or I'm impulsively eating, um, then I need to really kind of put, again, in these uh, cognitive restraints, may also be physical restraints that we put in place. Do I need to remove the foods that tend to be my trigger foods, my go-to foods to fill these voids? And I have only prepared things in the house, only healthy things in the house. And so it d reduces the amount of access I have to this so I can't just impulsively grab it because it's not there. Um, the other thing is tracking, right? So that's another way of accountability, tracking those meals, getting one of those um, the MyFitnessPals or uh, Lose It apps free apps to track what I'm eating. Um, if you're um, doing WW, formerly Weight Watchers, they have a tracking method as well. So I want to journal and assess, like, am I really hungry? What's going on with me emotionally? I just ate, uh, so I know I'm not actually hungry. So let me kind of check in with myself as a way to kind of ground yourself and see what's going on so you just don't grab. And a lot of these are delay techniques. And oftentimes if we delay ourselves and we have the ability to be able to think through things, that craving will pass, that um, need to impulsively grab something to fill whatever this void is, will pass because I'm actually filling it in other ways. If your impulsivity is around how you express your emotions, you want to bring awareness to how you feel. So instead of just being reactive, sending that text message, sending that email, um, pulling up on somebody, then I may actually need to take a step back. Let me go to a place of calm for me and sit and actually think about what's going on with me in this moment. Am I tired or hungry? Sometimes we're just irritable because we need to eat or we're dehydrated, um, right? I haven't had enough rest. And so we're often impulsive because our basic need has not been met. And so again, am I in a place to consent to making any kind of decisions? And no, I'm not if I'm not well. 
right? So I need to attend to those things and then I can think, be thoughtful about how I might want to react to something because I may perceive it totally different when I'm not exhausted. Um, so being able to attend to yourself in that way, uh, it may need to be like, I need to calm down. So maybe I need to go exercise, meditate, some mindfulness. I'm going to need to soothe with the senses, uh, get some um, smells going or some sounds going that are going to soothe me. I may need to get that weighted blanket out to just kind of calm myself down, calm my body down. And then I can think about how I might want to respond. And maybe it's that I don't need to respond to you because you all are trigger and I keep going back and forth with you and I really just need to eliminate you um, from, from interacting with me, right? But if I'm thoughtful, if I'm in a good place to be thoughtful, then I'm able to make a better decision about that um, instead of just lashing out. If it is around, if your impulsivity is around um, something destructive, so self-harm behaviors or even the excessive um, drinking or, or substance use, uh, uh, sexual behaviors, then I need to find supportive places that feed my need in a healthy way, right? Because we need interaction. We are a, a people that need to have some type of interaction and as we have recognized during this pandemic when those resources are taken away from us we're starved um, for social connection we will seek it out in unhealthy ways so what are the healthy ways that i can seek emotional connection that i can feel loved that i can feel validated that i can feel supported um, and be able to attend to these emotions that i'm feeling right so i may need to, to uh, contact people who are healthy because i don't need to go to other destructive people Right, so I, I have my healthy people, but then I, what's, what's in my wellness box? Because sometimes I need to self-soothe. And so oftentimes we think, okay, uh, I have to have another person to soothe me. I don't, um, not all the time. And sometimes people may not be available. We also don't want to get to a point where we're so dependent on other folks to soothe us that we don't learn how to soothe ourselves. So what's in my wellness box of activities? What do I have in here that I can use to soothe myself? Is it coloring? Is it a favorite movie? Is it, again, music or aromatherapy? Um, is it uh, a warm shower or, or bath? And things that are going to relax and recharge and rejuvenate me, right? So I need to create those things ahead of time. And this, again, decreases impulsivity because I'm planning. Planning is going to help us not be impulsive. If I know that I'm going to get overwhelmed, and yes, you are going to get overwhelmed, may not be every day, might come infrequently but it might come frequently but as i have this wellness box no matter when it comes i have some resources to utilize as you know in a crisis situation or an emergency situation you can't try to go and find stuff then there's about to be a flood we need to evacuate this house i cannot be trying to go around all these places and grab stuff i need to already have a kit ready to go hey here's our id here's our personal information that we need Here's our batteries, flashlights, all of whatever, already in these packs. Um, American Red Cross talks about setting up your kids to have those uh, pillowcases with that stuff in it. So in case of emergency, they're ready to go. That's our wellness kit. What do I have in case of emergency? So I'm ready to go, right? So that will um, reduce your likelihood of being impulsive. Sometimes we just need to learn social skills. Like, why am I violating those boundaries? <laughs> All the time. Why am I up in people's houses, looking all through their house, around in their stuff, walking through here? Uh, why do I feel entitled? Like, I don't need to wait in line. I don't, I'm tired of this. So I need to jump up and knock these folks out of the way and get up here so I can be attended to. 
Um, I'm over here disrupting the whole, like these folks haven't been waiting as long as I have. So I may need to learn some of those things. What's going on with my boundaries? And do I um, have an inability to be able to have boundaries for some reason? So there are skills I need or, um, and sometimes we just need medication. Like there are some things that can help, especially if, again, there is a cognitive reason. So is it brain injury or some other disorder that you're dealing with that's causing that? Do I need some medication that's going to be able to help me not be as impulsive, be able to utilize these skills better? Um, you know, therapy, of course, can't go without saying therapy. Some of us are going to need therapy to help us reset my restraints. Because uh, if I've lost the ability to have my restraints in place, it might be hard for me on my own to get them back in place. So I need a coach. I need a therapist to be able to quarterback for me, if you will, uh, being able to get those restraints back in place. I think we also have to understand, like, how does this behavior serve me? Every behavior serves a purpose. So what am I getting from this? What am I getting from this impulsive behavior? And are there other ways to get that need met without me having to have these negative consequences associated with this impulsive behavior? What are ways that decrease my stress? What are ways that keep these cognitive restraints in place when I'm overwhelmed and tired? What are things that I need to do to be able to make me less likely to react um, and be prepared to handle a situation better? And I am, a, again, very, very firm believer in do not make decisions when you are hungry, tired, emotionally overwhelmed because those restraints aren't in place so let me take care of me first and then make a decision i guarantee you whatever decision needs to be made can wait until you rest and eat um, and and are able to take a breath before you make it okay the secret to reducing impulsive behavior isn't a secret it's just about us having healthy replacements in place and being able to make sure we have the restraints in place cognitively to make those good, sound decisions that are thoughtful about the consequences of our behaviors. Okay, so you all be well.